to be here at this lecture. It was a ladies session. It is, it is not. Our speaker this hour is Shannon Tipton, and I have a whole thing to read about how he was a 2017 graduate. He and his wife, Christy, have been married for 23 years. They have three children. He works at Lowe's, where he does evangelism and out in the community. No, I'm serious. He's a tent maker, a preacher, and so he uses that to evangelize. For a while at Lowe's, he was a delivery driver, and the guys that he would partner up with have to listen to him all day long, right? Uh, it worked out. Getting out, that's the jump out the yeah, let's say jump out at the red light. So uh, all of that is is valid. In, but the most important thing is that he and his wife, Christy, trained my daughter. And I really mean that because their daughter is now my daughter, married to my son, Matthew. Haley is uh, a part of our family now because of the work that they did with her. Uh, in raising Christian children. And they've done a great job with their kids. They have three kids, Haley and Reagan and Layton, and they've done a great job with them. He's a cancer survivor recently. He's gone through a number of trials, some of which he's going to share with us today. So, brother, come preach the word. Preach the word. Oh, where to start? I really appreciate this opportunity to come tell really my story and my family's story and where God, it really should be what it should say is where was God in Shannon's story? Because really this is how I feel. I don't I don't I don't want to say that to boast in anything, but when I think about where I am right now, standing in this position speaking to you and where I was four years ago, it's a different world. It's a different world altogether. And honestly, it shouldn't be. For most men, it wouldn't be, I would say, who were not godly, who were not willing to listen to what God had to say. And I thank my wife more than anything for helping me through this, this life and this last just four years alone. Amen. I say that because... When I think about what Corey preached about in his lesson on the Psalm 22, and he mentioned the praise of God at the end of that psalm, that is what this lesson is. It is the praise to God for being there when I needed Him. Amen. A praise to God in me knowing where He was. Because there were times I did not. And that is really... The goal of this lesson this afternoon, I appreciate your attention to it. And I will do my best to keep it under control emotionally because this is a very emotional thing for me. And I want to say, have you ever seen the movie Collateral Beauty in 2016? We watched this movie and it, it is a story of a man, a man destroyed by the loss of a child. Now, I, I listened to Randy's story and listened to, I don't know how you have this faith. I want that faith. I do. I so do. And I, I, I praise you guys, and I know you don't want that, but I think about the loss of a child, the loss of a wife, the loss of your own life, 
makes us ask the question, where is God? And in this man's life, he, his perspective had gone away. It had gone wrong. He saw no good until he had changed his perspective on life and saw the beauty of the, the collateral. The collateral beauty. You could see how important life is to him. I think it is true for all of us. But there are times when life seems like God has left us. David said it. Jesus said it. I feel like the life that God gives us is not worth living. And God has left us. He is, he is nowhere to be found. And we struggle with understanding why do these things happen to people? Why do these things occur to Christians? Why does it have to happen to me? And so when I talk about where God is in my life, in any given moment, we can honestly say that He is always there. Amen. We just don't see Him. We either don't see Him through the fog of our own pain, our own sorrow, our own grief. We don't see Him through either the, the fact that we are prideful. <coughs> we don't need Him. You know, Job sought after God. I don't know what just happened to my computer. Never seen that before. I've never seen that before. <laughs> if it can happen, I'm just going to tell you. If it can happen, <laughs> subtitles. I'm just going to keep going. Hopefully, nothing happens. Job said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. Job had lost everything. Job had suffered so much loss. We we know this. I mean, over and over this whole this whole session, we hear about Job and his loss. We hear about his concern with finding God. Finding out the reason why the things were going on that were going on. For us to really understand, I think we really need to know where God is. In Scripture, we can understand there is no cre created, there is no, there is no creature hidden from His face, from His sight. But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him whom He has to do. God can see us always. God can see our character whether people are around or whether we're by ourselves, God can see. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through that which has been made, so that they are without excuse. God has left His evidence in everything around us. Amen. I can remember going through these, these, these struggles in this life and going into the woods. 
into creation, into nature. And me and Christy talked about this quite a bit. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but there is something in nature that is healing. There's something in nature that will help us to understand that God's power exists without noise of what we've made, but what He has made. You know, Paul and Barnabas, they entered into this preaching and and people thought more of them than, than they were. Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature. As you preach the gospel to you, that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them in the generations gone by. He permits all the nations to go their own way. And yet He did not leave Himself without witness in that He did good and gave you rain from the heavens and fruitful seasons and satisfying your heart with food and gladness. God has given us more evidence of His existence in the things around us than we should ever need to ask, where is God? We as Christians understand this. This this isn't really hard. So why is it hard when we face trials, when we face struggles? Why is it so hard to see God in His creation. It's because of sin. Because of sin, God becomes a shadow to us. You know, there are no verses in the Bible that tell us that God will be there in our happiness. That He is standing there in our joys. But there are so many that says He's going to be there in your struggles. Bottling up your tears for a day of comfort. And it isn't hard to understand that we fail to see God when we're sinning. (laughs) I don't want to know where God is when I'm sinning. I don't. I've lived 12 years in a sin. Going through two years of this school in a sin that I had never faced in my life with me and my wife. How did I do that? How did I sit at the feet of all of these teachers and learn about God's grace and God's love and God's compassion and still live in that sin? I did not want to see Him. I did not want to face the iniquity of myself. There was a time when me and my wife, we were in the perfect place. I just graduated here. I already had a a, a wonderful congregation waiting for us when we graduated. I had everything I'd ever wanted. A great eldership, great members. We were growing. We had so many great things ahead of us in this congregation. And and many here know where this place is. 
Many people know what this congregation was like. And there was a day where I was working on a dryer for some strange reason. It would it had broke down and I was trying to fix it. And as a preacher, I don't know how many of you has experienced this, but you preach yourself more than anything. You preach you more than anything else. And the more I preached me, the more that sin kept coming to the top. And the more I, I preached and I, I tried to encourage others, encourage others, I was shining a light on my own self. And that light penetrated. And it says, Shannon, you are not going to make it to heaven where you are right now. You're a hypocrite. You're a liar. And you're a cheat. And think about all the things that are going to happen from this point on, Shannon, because now you realize you have got to make it right. That's hard, folks. After 12 years, that's hard. But even after a day. So I confessed my sin to my wife. I don't need to go into detail. Most of you know. Knowing full well the consequence of what would happen, and so it happened. I lost my job. Me and her had cons had considered to separate with mutual feelings that wasn't a separation of divorce. It was a separation so that we, we could draw closer. I repented to the church. I told the members there that I would resign. I left a work that I absolutely loved, but I knew it was it was worthless. Everything I had done was in vain, and I had not sought after God like I should. A couple of years pass, and we are at home. We are at home together in our house. And there I am working on another dryer. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know how this happens. I work for Lowe's. I should be able to get a dryer that works. And I stare at this wall. This is the wall of my home. When I built this home, there were three sets of handprints on it. My wife's and my two daughters. Mine were not on there. Do you know you want to know why? Because at that time, I was living in sin. At that time, I knew my hands did not deserve to be among my family because I did not feel worthy to put them there. And at that moment, as I'm working on this dryer, it all comes flooding back to me. Where is God? He's right there. He's right there with my hands on the wall. Why? Because He was there to get me through it. Amen. He was there so that me and my son could both put our hands on that wall together. Not a family separated and torn apart that divorce brings to this world, but God was there with His hands on both of us, Amen. leading us to a life that is better 
together than it's ever been in, ever. And I thank God for that. That is where God is. The next part of my life in this stage story come with a little bit different kind of suffering. It was about July. Our family always got together. Haley and Matthew were still with us. They were just getting ready to go to their work in Texas. And we're camping on the creek and enjoying, you know, this still working to get things together. But God was with us. And once again, we were, I was in nature. I was in my, my house. That's where I love to be. And you can hear the crickets, and we're right there on the creek. We got the tents pitched, and we got a big fire going. And for some reason, for the last six months, I had this vicious pain in my jaw, and it's it keeps me up. I can't sleep. It hurts so bad. And I did not know what it was, but as we sat there at the fire, I kept stoking the fire. Everybody went to bed. I was up all night. I put my face to the fire trying to heat it, trying to get that pain to go away it wouldn't within probably four hours my face went numb I lost all control I did not know what it was I assumed it was Bell's palsy went to the doctor and the doctor says no that's not what it is you have cancer salivary duct carcinoma it's a one percent cancer there is no real reason why you get it I mean the studies that I've done I knew more than the doctor that was treating me by the time I was done with it. It is the, the, the salivary duct gets a tumor, I would assume. And in that, your parotid nerve becomes enraged with cancer. So they cut my ear off. They put it on crooked, as you can tell. I'm going to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> You'd think you pay doctors more to keep your ear straight. <laughs> but going through this, it wasn't really, I, I, I was really amazed. I, I was not as shocked as I should have been. The pain was real. It hurt. I, I've never had pain like this in my life. Never. And so... We go to the doctor and he says, okay, we're going to have to do surgery. We're going to cut this nerve completely out of you. They drilled a hole through my skull, traced the nerve down, they cut it out. So the surgery went went great. It, it was wonderful. They didn't fix my smile, though. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was something that came out of that. We, I discovered something else about me that I never knew. I discovered something called anxiety. After cancer, usually, if anybody's ever had it, they usually prefer to give you radiation to kill all the opportunity for cancer to return. So they make you, if you got something on your head, this this real nifty mask. <laughs> and they lay you down. They don't want you to move. So they take this plastic. Now, the holes weren't there before, but they stretch it over your face, and it's warm. And then they set you in this little big tube and they shove you in there. For 30 minutes, this thing scans your face. And the goal of this mask is to make sure you can't move your lip, your your jaw. You can't move your head. I don't know if you guys know me very well. I don't like to sit still. (laughs) I don't like it. I developed something I never knew I had. Anxiety. 
There was a moment I thought I was going to die. I could not breathe. I could not speak. I could not move. This overwhelming pressure on my chest began to push harder and harder. And I honestly thought I was going to die. I told him, hey, is this done? I'm talking to wherever the speaker is in this thing. Is this done yet? Hold still. You got about 20 more minutes. I don't have 20 more minutes. I got about two seconds and I'm coming out of this thing. I say, you can make it. So I'm just thinking, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I start praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And I'm like, God, make this thing shut off, blow up. I don't care. Just get me out of it. Because I was terrified. I've never been that scared in my life. I didn't know what that was. And I got done with it and they said, they handed me this vicious, ugly mask that I knew was the cause of all this anxiety. I said, here, this is yours for six weeks. Every day for six weeks, you get to put this on and sit for 25 minutes in radiation. I'm like, what? Nuh-uh. This isn't going to happen. So I showed up for my first radiation treatment and they set me down and they strapped this thing in and these buttons on this thing are so loud. It sounds like somebody's chaining you in. And it's click, click, click. And I, I talked to her, I said, listen, I'm having some real issues with this thing. She says, well, we'll just get you started and see how you do. So she shoves me in this thing. She walks out the door, locks it, because I think they lock it because there's radiation in there. And she gets on the speaker, you ready, Shannon? No. <laughs> she begins to make the thing turn. And you, you can't see anything. That's the issue. Before they cut these holes, there, there's, you just see these little bitty dots. And you just feel like you're so stuck in this, whatever it is, you can't get out of it. And so as she continued, I said, listen, you've got to stop this thing. I can't do it. I have 30 of these to do. I can't even get through one. So she says, okay, we'll stop and we'll get you a drink and we'll let you take your time. And so she says, go in here and sit down. And I come back and she says, do you want me to cut some holes in this? So you can say, I said, what? Yeah, we can cut holes and say, you could do that for me. Yeah, we do it all the time. Why didn't you do it to begin with? <laughs> so I I get in this thing and, and she puts it on. She's got the holes cut out. And you saw the, the, the tape on it where they don't want you to cut yourself. But what I thought, well, this is going to be better. I can see now. And in that moment, and I know this sounds cheesy, but... I could understand where God was because I could see him. I could see that there was nothing to be afraid of. Now, I'm not going to joke around. I still have anxieties about this thing. I, I keep it hidden in the basement. <laughs> but I could see where God was in my anxiety. I could see that, that I'm not going to die from radiation. Cancer might kill me. The radiation might kill me. But this, this mask is not going to kill me. And so I knew, even though it hurt so much to be stuck in that thing, I knew it was going to be okay. I prayed to God every time I got in the thing, I was praying. But He was there. And I could see it. I could understand it. 
And so when I think about the kind of hurt that we go through, and I think about the issues that, that come up in our pain, as Paul said here, for a momentary light affliction, that's all it is, folks. We have a short time here. We understand there are afflictions. We understand there's going to be pain and suffering. There's going to be times where your faith is tested with your own spouse. But they're just light afflictions. Amen. If you can hold on, you can see God, you can know where He is. That's all they are. <coughs> My last thing I want to look at is the hurt that comes from the church. Now, I don't mean to, I'm not talking about the church in general. I'm talking about the body itself as individuals. When we see people hurting, we see people struggling with a marriage, we see people struggling with a tough diagnosis, and we think we know what we can say to help them. And don't get me wrong, we need to encourage people. We want to give them strength and hope. But there are things we should not do. We should not try to diagnose them. We should not try to tell them how to fix their marriage. Only them two people can help each other. And until they decide together that they can fix it, then we can talk. There are times we shoot our wounded. I have felt shot. My wife has felt shot. And it hurts. It hurts greatly because you expect the people that love you the most to show you the most love. And when they don't, you will ask, where is God? Where is God when His own people are not willing to help? And all they want to do is condemn. Hmm. Folks, that's a bad thing to ask. We don't do that. We shouldn't do that. We can understand that certain situations are hard to deal with. I get it. It's awkward. It's strange. How you doing? You just want to say, I'm good, so you don't talk to me no more. That's exactly what you're going to do. Oh, I'm great. Oh, good. And walk off. But when somebody says, not good, listen. Amen. Just listen. Don't offer advice. Don't say, go to this scripture, or go to that scripture. Just listen. You will not believe how much that can help a person when you just open your ears and not your mouth. Because it is hard, especially as a minister, especially as a minister's wife, to deal with hurt in the church. Because we can't have that in our ministry. Can we? There are times when we all will face obstacles. This is just a short story of myself. And I... I do this just to show I have seen God. I know where He is. God is in the grace given by a woman to a man who don't deserve it. 
Amen. God is the grace given by a God who forgives when a man sins. God is in a suffering of a person who does not like pain, but has shown that you can endure through His Son. That's where God is. And God is in the healing of a relationship that will stand the test of time. Amen. I thank you for your time and I appreciate your love for us. And so many of you have been there for us. But next time you, you, you're looking for God, I'll tell you where you can find Him. Right off the bat. Look back. Look back and see where He was in your life. Look back four years ago. He was there. He saved this marriage. He saved our family. And He is a good God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Let us close with a prayer. Heavenly Fathers, sometimes in our lives we do lose sight of where you are. But we do know and we trust that you are always right beside us. That you're always there to take us by the hand and lead us through. If we'll just listen to your counsel, if we'll just follow your word, if we'll look to the example of your son, if we'll look to one another to draw strength. And Father, we thank you for the care and comfort that you provide to us. We thank you for that steadfastness that we can always depend on. Father, help us always to remember that if we are far away from you, it is us that moved and not you. And we pray that you would help us each day of our lives to draw nearer to you, to find you in the grace, to find you in the suffering, to find you in the healing to find you walking right side by side with us until we have an opportunity to see you face to face in glory. What a tremendous blessing. Lord, watch over us and lead us. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Kind words. Thank you, brother. Thank Especially you. not throwing yourself away. God <laughs> didn't right. throw. He gave it away no matter what he did. You're in the faith. Thank you. You can do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good stuff. Let's talk about that scary mask, right? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, nobody tells you that you have to wear that thing and hold still. I'm telling you, it's scary. And for both of you to hold still, I know is a, is a struggle. Do you, do you oh, yeah. I fit, oh, yeah. Do you know any story? She, she so, had brain but that mat, like they don't tell you what you're there, and they're like super nice. Oh, let's take you back here now. Lay still, and I was like, why? And that hot, nasty, scary, like like hockey mask. You're in all the horror movies. Exactly. They That's make you exactly wear it. You just had the worst news of your life, and then you got to play. Oh my gosh! I threw mine away. I Ow! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Yeah. I'm There's You never tell people you know how they're feeling. Right. Because we all process things differently. We do not you know how I may know something of how you feel, but, Amen. but right. don't Amen. ever say that. You know what? You're powerful, you're strong, and I love you, man. And keep on telling that story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially you know, especially if the doors are locked and they can't jump out. They're, they're gonna they're gonna learn. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you. Thank you. Ah, Love you, buddy. Yeah. Very blessed to be here. Thank you. I think that'll run. You think that cord will carry that? You think it's heavy enough to carry that thing? Mm. 